0: If you walk one person off the ledge, whether they got Parkinson's or cancer or somebody suffering from PTSD who is a soldier and who's scared to tell his family that he's suffering because he doesn't want to look like less of a man, that's worth more than its weight in gold. If you've got something, let it rip.
1: I'm never going to do this again. Everybody grapples with this idea that you're really a fraud. Like, I'm alive. And that's when it clicked with me. I thought, these are not... Superheroes. These are just men that can do super things. This is Matt Del Negro, and you are listening to the new stripped down Ten Thousand Knows. Welcome back to Ten Thousand Knows podcast after a long, 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 long hiatus, and um, I'm going to riff for a second with my guest J.C. Capone here, John Capone. Uh, He is sitting by, and this is a new thing for me, doing an intro with the guest on the actual, on the air. Uh, And I'm going to explain, so bear with me for a second. Um, Back in 2021, before we left LA, my family, we moved east. I was working on City on a Hill, and I had some, I had two great interviews in the can. Terry Winters, who is the creator of Boardwalk Empire, Michael Imperioli, you all know, from Sopranos. You all saw him again in White Lotus. Um, great interviews. They are not yet out there. And let me explain. Uh, we moved east. You know, that was a big rigmarole. Uh, we didn't move into a house right away. Uh, I kept putting out the mini episodes every week, but I have not put out a long form interview since the spring of 2021. And I've been threatening to come back. But every time I do, I've actually recorded interviews, just solo riffs, talking about pausing and coming back and how I want to do it less fancy. And I want to just get the stuff out there. And I still haven't done it because I was like, eh, I don't know if they're really worthy to put them out. And then my neighbor, Ted Candela, who had introduced me to a guy named JC Capone, John Capone, who was here with me today, he reached out and he said, listen, uh, you remember you talked to to John when he was doing this movie, um, whatever it was, last year, two years ago. I don't even remember. And um, he said, "I want you to." Is there a way you could interview him for the podcast? And it's crazy. God works in mysterious ways. And yes, I'm talking about God. We're bringing him up, and we're going to get into that later because we were actually warned, "Don't talk about God." That's exactly why I'm fucking talking about him. Um, here's the deal. Things happen for a reason. This was Friday. He said, hey, what do you think? And I had a busy weekend. I put on this workshop in the city. And I just said, yeah, I remember that guy. I love him. I remember talking to him. He called me from set. We'll get into that too. So let's just do it. Let's set it up. Not going to get fancy. And it's crazy. Sometimes we need an excuse to get out of our comfort zone. And so I, over the weekend, said, you know what? I'm going to put this thing out. And this is going to be the beginning of me putting these things out again and not being fancy. And I don't give a shit about writing down a bio. And I'll I'll tell you the truth. John's got the number one movie on Netflix out right now. We're going to talk all about it. Full disclosure. I haven't seen it yet. I will, but I haven't. And that would have held me back in the past because I would have said, I'm not prepared. I'm not prepared. I can't talk to him. You know what? All we need to do is to have... Two human beings sit down with each other and bring their authentic selves. You guys are going to listen to a conversation. I'm not going to do my top three takeaway bullshit that I used to do. It just takes me too much time. And I'd rather you listen. If you like it, awesome. If you have top three takeaways for yourself, awesome. You want to tell someone about this podcast episode? Awesome. If you don't, I'm still going on. And that's it. So that's my spiel. Let's get more importantly to our guest, John Capone. Um, First of all, welcome, John. We had a brief conversation this morning over FaceTime, and he said something to the effect of he was honored to have been able to call me from the set when he needed some advice a couple of years ago. I say, absolutely, other way around. You are the freaking hero here, Um, diagnosed with Parkinson's, and you have- been so brave, courageous on Instagram. I've been following you since I was introduced to you by Ted. Um, you put it out there, you know, punching away at Parkinson's. You're a boxer, you're a fighter, and you've taken the fight to the disease. And that's really what led directly to this opportunity to work across start from stars like Benicio Del Toro, Uh, Justin Timberlake, Dom Lombardozi. And I really want to get into this director, Grant Singer, who gave you this gig. I don't know him. Um, I love the guy. I saw a little clip he did of you on, on channel 12. He said he loved your soul and he gave you the job and he and he picked you and he did what a lot of people in Hollywood say they're gonna do, but they don't actually do it. He stuck with you, he put you there, and he hired you to be you. So welcome let's get into it i don't know where this conversation's going but um where do you want to start
0: first off i want to say thank you and tip my hat to you um it's an honor and a pleasure to be sitting across from such a well-known actor such as yourself and i mean you've been in soprano city on the hill the scandal (laughs) The list goes on and on. Book 10,000 No's. And um, to be able to call you and to consider you a friend is an amazing thing. A lot of people talk. Yeah, I got your back. I'm going to help you, this and that. And then when you pick up the phone and make the call, nobody answers. But you, my friend, you answer. So God bless you and your family for that. Um, Well, you. uh, you know, we're talking about God. And people ask me, how do you get these, how do you get these acting jobs? I've been trying to get into acting for 30 years. I've been doing commercials, uh, schooling and this and that. And, uh, ever since I've been diagnosed with Parkinson's and God has taken over the reins, he's driving the bus and I'm just a passenger on. And, uh. I just want to say thank God for every opportunity that he's given me. And it's funny, when I got diagnosed, I went into a deep depression. And I locked myself into these four walls because I was ashamed and embarrassed of having this disease and showing weakness and shaking and unbalanced. And uh, I came down here and I asked God. I said to him, which was three years later, I said to him, if you're allowing this disease to live inside of me, give me a reason why. Let me understand why I have this disease. Let's make it a positive thing rather than a negative thing. And sure enough, after a couple of weeks, Everybody, you know, I come from an old school Italian family, right? And everybody's taught to keep things close to your chest. Don't talk about your business. Don't tell anybody on the street. Everything, you know, don't cry. Don't, don't show emotions. We're Italians. We keep everything quiet. And when people saw me come on Instagram, they were like, yo, what, you flip your lid? What the hell are you doing? You're telling everybody what's going on in your life. You know, you're crying on the computer. Two weeks prior to me getting called by by a casting director, even my wife, who's been my biggest supporter, said, hey, Jay, maybe it's time to slow down with this Instagram because it's taking up a lot of your time. You're on there 24-7 because when I try to answer and do things, it takes me like an hour to write one text because my hands bounce all over the keyboard. And so instead of one thing I'm writing 10 M's and 10 L's and then I try to delete and then it goes back and forth. So it takes a long time for me to get stuff done. And if I apologize, if I don't answer everybody back, but sometimes I'm just unable to work period. Um, So apologies to everybody that sends me messages. I love each and every one of you. Um, But so I thought about quitting. And I thought about giving up and I came back down here again and I said, God, is that the right answer to quit, to give up? Everybody's saying it's time to throw in the towel. You have a disease. You're on disability. Why don't you just relax, sit down and just relax. And uh, that's the worst thing you can do. And sit down and relax. What I tell people is get up off your ass. Get out there and start fighting. I wasted three years being ashamed of something that I have no control over. It's a disease that just came out of nowhere and hit me in the side of the head. And so for some reason, against all against all opinions, I said, you know what? I'm still going to do this because we're not making any money, but I was getting messages from people in Australia, people in Alaska, people in California. Hey, JC, you're inspiring me. Hey, JC, you're motivating me. Hey, JC, God bless you. We love you for what you're doing. And it wasn't a lot of people, but it was enough. And If you help one person, if you walk one person off the ledge, whether they got Parkinson's or cancer or somebody suffering from PTSD who is a soldier and who's scared to tell his family that he's suffering because he doesn't want to look like less of a man. And you sit on the phone with these people for three, four hours in the middle of the night because you can't sleep because of disease has a thing called restless leg syndrome where you're bouncing up and down in the bed. So you're up for most of the night. And that's worth more than its weight in gold. You know what I'm saying? So with that being said, we know what the problem is. The problem is Parkinson's. And what's the solution? What's the answer? We need a cure. So let's stop talking about the bad sides, the tremors, and this and that, and let's start focusing on overcoming, because that's what this story is about. It's about getting knocked down every day, getting knocked down, knocked down, but still getting back up, and as many times as this disease knocks me down, it might take a couple of hours, it might take a couple of days, but I'm getting back up we're not going to stop until we find the cure. And, uh, so now the funny part about this story is I'm driving my truck and I have two kids and a wife in the car and these kids are babies. So they're whistling and screaming and hollering, throwing French fries in my brand new truck, making everything all, you know? So I'm like, Oh man. So I get a call from like a three, one, three area code. And, uh, we get so many freaking. Ro- Can we curse on this thing No, right?
1: Whatever you want to do. No,
0: I'm just saying. Absolutely.
1: That. Hey, I cursed in the beginning. Throw, throw your f bombs if, if. No, no, no. I
0: just, I just. If I do, I apologize. I'm trying to keep it as clean as possible. But so now I'm driving, and like I said, the kids are screaming in the background. They're like a year old and a two year old, and uh, I keep getting this phone call, and I keep denying it, denying it, denying it, because. I don't know anybody from the 313 area. And with all these damn robo calls you're scared to answer the phone because it's just really a big waste of time. So finally, I pick up the phone. My wife is like, just answer it. They called back like five times already. And it's Jackie Burke from Burke Castings in California. And she was, she was pissed, to say the least. She's like, listen to me, Mr. Capone. I've been in this business for 35 years, and if you hang up this phone on me one more time, this is the first and last time I'll ever make a call on the internet again, so please think about that, and I'm like, holy shit, this sounds serious, I'm like, what does a casting agency want with me, what, what, what do you want, so she's like, I want to put you in a movie, I'm like, put me in a movie, are you crazy? I got Parkinson's, I shake, I got depression, anxiety, I'm not going to no movies. So she's like, no, the director by the name of Grant Singer, who's an angel, God bless him, says that uh, you're a director's choice, he wants you in the movie. So now, I don't know Jackie Burke, because I've never been in the business, so I don't know about casting agencies. I don't know about Grant because he's in the uh, music industry, so I never saw any of his movies or anything. And so I'm like, you know what? This must be a spoof. Somebody's effing with me. So I said, you know what? Do me a favor. You tell Grant Singer, if he's seriously interested in J.C. Capone, have him call me at 7.30 tonight, like a big shot, you know, thinking that someone of my boys is going to call me up and be like, ah, gotcha. So now 7.30 comes. No ring. So I said, "That ah, this is bullshit. Around 7.35, I get a phone call, and it says Grand Singer on the bottom of it. And uh, I answer the phone, and he's like, hi, I'm Grand Singer. Now, at this point, you do your research on the guy, Taylor Swift, Ariana Grande. Beyond, I mean, this guy's a phenomenon. He's a genius. And you're like, wait a second. Is this really Grand? And I'm like, he's like, yeah. I'm like, dude, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to tell you to call me at 7.30. Like, you know, this is a major director calling me. And I'm like, yeah, get him on the horn, you know? And so he's like, no, that's cool. That's cool. I'm like, listen, I totally want to be honest with you. I thought it was a spoof. And he's like, it's okay. I understand. I want you in this movie. And I'm like, all right, what do you want me to do? A commercial or something? He's like, no, I want you to be in the movie like in a movie. What do you mean? Who's going to be in it? I thought it was like some D-list movie, you know, something like that gets thrown in the garbage. So he goes, Benicio Del Tor, I said, what'd you just say? He said, Benicio Del Toro. I said, the guy from Sicario Trafico and all of that? He says, yeah. I said, you're going to put me up against that guy? He says, yeah. And I said, wait a second. Who else is in the movie? Alicia Silverstone. Alicia Silverstone, I'm going to work with her? Yeah. Mike Beasley, Catherine Dwyer, Justin Timberlake, Dominic Limerdozi, Mrs. Beasley. So I'm like, you got the wrong number, kid. I'm sorry, but I have Parkinson's. I shake. I have depression. I got anxiety. I can't do the movie. And I hang up on the guy. He calls back. I said, maybe you don't understand. I shake. Now, mind you, people have been in this business for years, have never worked next to such great legends. You know what I'm saying? Like, And here I am because of a freaking disease that has taken my body physically but hasn't taken me spiritually. I'm letting this disease defeat me. And this kid, this gentleman, this famous director, this genius, who's got the number one movie out in the world right now. He said to me, he goes, listen, we know you shake. We know you have Parkinson's, but we also know what a great guy you are and what an inspiration you are to many. So get your ass down here, Capone, and let's go to work. And... Uh, After four years of being in a house, losing all your finances, because disability only gives you thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars dollars a month to live on a family of four because the, the stats, I got hit at 39 and a half, so I only had 10 years in the system. So 10 years equals thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars a month. And when I asked the lawyer, can you live on that kind of money? He said, that's not my problem, sir. uh, This is what the system says, and that's all you allow. So with that being said, all your friends, that when you're having a good time and the bar is 10 deep and you're buying drinks and you're eating and drinking and laughing, everybody loves you. And everybody's around, and everybody says the same thing. Yo, I got your back, bro. I got your back. And then when you get diagnosed with something, it's like when you turn the lights on and the cockroaches scatter across the room. That's what this was like. And people don't, they don't bother with you anymore. They don't call you anymore. You become irrelevant. You become shell. And at 40 years old, to become shell brings you down to dark, deep, dark spaces in the middle of the night. So for this kid to take a chance on me was truly a blessing. And uh, I'm eternally grateful to to Mr. Singer and his whole family. Um, But with that being said, I asked him again one final time. I said, Grant. This is your first movie, your first really feature debut. You really want to take a chance on a guy that has Parkinson's, never acted before? And he said to me, JC, as long as you promise me, you're not going to freeze. And I, like I told you before, I asked him, he said, I said, what if I look like a little schoolgirl? I'm not going to freeze. I'm going to shake the shit out of something, but I'm not going to freeze. And he says, as long as you don't freeze, buddy, you're welcome here anytime. And that's how my journey got started, and uh, that's how we got into the movie business.
1: Tell me a little bit about Benicio, because uh, you told me but, a story about working with him, and and you, you were down there. Before
0: uh, we go to that story, can I tell you a quick joke?
1: Yeah. All
0: right. One night, it's a Friday night. It's about 10 o'clock hour time, and it's about 7 o'clock California time. So I'm sitting on the stoop. The good thing about getting thrust into something that you never thought you would ever be doing, it's like this is gravy on top of the pasta, meaning like, all right, if it goes through, it goes through. If it doesn't, it doesn't because I didn't have the dreams of, you know, like, of being an actor, so it wasn't something that like I had to do. It was something that was extra, and if it happened, it would be great. So, long story short, I'm sitting in front of the com- uh, TV, and uh, it's the kids asleep, and the wife's putting the kids to sleep. So I'm just bored, and I see the Liberty Mutual commercial. You know what the guy would be in? You Liberty Mutual.
1: Which one? Which
0: spot? There's a Liberty Mutual commercial with a gentleman in a yellow shirt, and he has an emu, which is like a baby ostrich follows him around. So anyway, I just see this commercial, and I receive an email from the set manager. Absolutely no pets allowed on set. No questions asked. So I said, wow, that sucks. So I call up Grant, and I said, hey, Grant, you got a problem. He goes, what's up, Capone? He says, I thought we got everything out of the way. You shake, we know. You uh, Parkinson's, we know. So I says, I have a service animal. And your set manager just said that there's no service animal, no animals, period, a lot on set. So he goes, what do you got, a pit bull, a Rottweiler, a boxer? What do you got? I said, I got an ostrich. He said, what? I said, I got an ostrich. He goes, Capone, are you fucking with me? I said, no. He said, what's his name? I said, his name is Oscar. He says, "How big is it?" I say, "It's about six foot two, 250 pounds." He says, "Does it bite?" I said, "No. It just runs around and goes ha, <laughs> and it spits at you." So now my wife comes outside and she's like, because she could hear the conversation, and she's like, "What are you doing? You want to throw away your career before it even started? Is that what we're trying to do, self sabotage?" And I'm like, "If they're gonna like me, they're gonna love me. If they're gonna hate me, they're gonna hate me. You know what I'm saying?" So it's either all or nothing. But my personality, when my mind says to do something, I do it. That's just the way it rolls. So uh, she's like, tell him it's a joke. Tell him it's a joke. So after about five minutes, I says, Grant. But the best thing he says to me, where does he sleep? I say I bring a ball of hay with me. I throw it on the floor. He sleeps anywhere I put the hay. So with all of that being said, He goes, Capone, I don't know what to do. I'm going to call it the manager, but I never heard of this before. So I said, ah, gotcha. So he goes, son of a bitch. I said, did you believe me? He said, the story was so outlandish and so ridiculous, and the way you delivered it was so believable that, yes, I believe you. And that's how we got started with that that whole adventure. And then what I wound up doing was buying the little stuff ostrich and bringing it on set with a little ESU collar emergency service animal and uh, but that was I'll tell you leading up to getting to Georgia to actually film was probably some of the most funniest things that happened in my life but you um, ask about a man named Benicio del Toro okay so my first scene is uh, if you watch the movie, when you watch the movie, you'll see that there's a poker table. And as I'm coming down the steps into the into the basement to go sit down at the poker table, there's one seat open. And who's the next to Benicio Del Toro? So I'm like, oh shit, you know? Like I'm next to a legend. And here I am, a guy shaking Parkinson's. So he's like, hey Capone, come sit down next to me. I saved the chair for you. So I'm like, all right. So I walk up. I'm all shaky and nervous, right? And he goes, Welcome to Park Avenue, kid. Don't fuck up. So my first scene is with Dominic Lombardozzi. And Dominic says, Do you want to be a cop for the rest of your life? And I'm supposed to wait two beats and knock over the, the beer bottle. So when he says don't fuck up, it blows my mind, right? So now... My mind is blown. I forget my lines. And I'm trying to read the script. And let me show you what it looks like when I'm trying to read the script. I mean, its I was like... So my hand is shaking out of control. So I said, you know what? Fuck it. I'll just wing it. Which is probably the worst thing I could have done. Because Dominic says, you want to be a cop for the rest of your life? And I'm just sitting there. Benicia goes... And I look at him and he says, Time out, cut. And I said, What happened? He said, You didn't knock over the bottle. I'm like, Oh, Mr. Del Toro, I'm so sorry. You blew my mind. So he goes, You mind if I tap you on the knee to knock the bottle over? And I said, No, that's a great idea. So he says, When I tap you on the knee, knock over the bottle, wait two beats and knock the bottle over. So I said, All right. So then it comes around. Dominic says that he taps you on the knee and knock over the bottle. Everybody's clapping, yay, J.C., you did a great job. So he goes, okay, we'll do the same thing again, right, J.C.? I said, yeah, no problem, Del Toro. So he goes, he go around the table. He doesn't tap me on the knee this time, and I don't knock over the bottle. So he looks at me again. He goes, "Time out. hold on. He said, J.C., are you playing games with me? I said, no, sir, I'm just admired by, you know, being next to a legend. I'm sorry, you know, you, you get a little choked up. So he goes, listen to me very carefully. I like you, and this is why I'm going to tell you. When Dominic says, do you want to be a cop for the rest of your life? Two beats and knock the bottle over. Understand? And I said, cabiche. And he goes, good. So, and that was my first meeting with Benicia Del Toro. Can you imagine then the the thing went around? I knocked over the bottle, said a couple of lines, and then it was off to the races. But before, after we get to that, we skipped the part where I was driving down to Georgia and I get in the van, and this is my first time being in the van with actors. And I really felt out of place. Like I felt like this disease, everybody's looking at you. Do I really belong here? Maybe Grant made a mistake. And uh, thanks to Ted Candela. He's like, hey, if you ever got a problem, call my boy Matt. And I'm like, Matt? Matt who? He's like, Matt Del Negro. And I'm like, wasn't he on this show, this show, this show, this show? He's like, yeah. And he says, uh, call him up if you need anything. And... Uh, Sure enough, I'm getting all jittery and nervous, and I said, uh, I got the number, let me make the phone call, and I proceeded to call you, and I said, hello, Matt, how are you, and you're like, is this John Capone, and I said, yeah, and you said, wow, it's a pleasure to meet you, and uh, I think you were on set at the same time as I was, but you still said, hey, I got time, what's up? And uh, I said, man, I'm nervous. And you said, they hired you knowing you have this disease. They want you to be you. And who else could act better than you than you yourself? So get out there and do what you do best, kid. And uh, thank you. Thank you for picking up the phone. Thank you for being a friend. And you had no skin in the game. You could have said, no, I'm busy. No, I'm on set. No, I'm this. Because as you wrote in your book, 10,000 No's, that's all you hear most of the time in this business is no, 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 no. No, 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 no. So um, God bless you and your family, brother. It's been a long, hard journey. The last seven years have been hell, but there's been some beautiful highlights and you're definitely one of those guys that God put in my life for a reason I got your back for life brother <laughs> thank, thank you man. and uh thank you for allowing me to be one of the f- I'm like the first interview on the uh Matt Negro 2.0 series so <laughs> like 10,000
1: 10, knows 2.0 JC Capone baby yeah, no. Look, man, I I appreciate you saying that, and you and you reminded me of that story uh, when we spoke a few hours ago, and uh, I thought, oh, it, it's funny for you know anybody who's listening, and you think like when I when when I saw on Instagram somehow it came into my feed, I think one of your posts, and and it was about the movie being the number one movie on Netflix, and my immediate reaction was oh, crap. i I haven't reached out to you. I kind of, you know, you you got a lot of stuff on your plate. You're not thinking. I didn't know that that I had heard someone talk about reptile, not having any idea that was your film. And then I saw your I saw your post, and i and I felt guilty. My, my initial thing was I felt guilty. I was like, oh, this movie came out. I didn't even know it. And I felt bad. Then, Ted says, Do you want to do this interview? We talked this morning, and you reminded me of that story. And I thought two things. One, thank God I gave him good advice. It, and, and that's the advice I would give anybody, Parkinson's or no Parkinson's. That's what I, I just did a weekend intensive where I have, you know, people flying in from around the country. And my advice always is take up your space, own your space you are the interpreter, the materials coming through you. And in your case, it was written for you. The part was written for you. And so I, I gave advice that I would just give anyone that that was one thing was like, Oh, thank God. I gave him decent advice too. And and that he, he he used it and it worked. And the other thing was, you know, we worry that We're not doing an, oh, I do. I worry that I'm not doing enough to help people. So it's like very nice to hear you being so generous with what I did. I didn't think I really did much, but you worry that you're not doing enough. And, And what you realize and what people should realize is like, it doesn't actually take much to help someone. If you, I didn't really do anything. I picked up the phone. You asked me a couple of questions. We talked for a little bit we talked a few times, I think before you did the movie, but like, it wasn't, it wasn't much skin off my back. It was, it was, it's not quantity, I guess it's quality. And so it was just like, whatever I said to you, whether I think it was a lot or not, it, it was a lot to you. It was impactful. And so that's, so that's cool. And then like, instead of me walking around guilty that I haven't spoken to you in the interim, it's like, Hey, man, you can't, you know, you can't, you're not going to handhold John through his life. He's going to do his thing. You're going to do, I got my own problems. Everybody's got their problems. Oh, wow. But I think when someone reaches out, you know, we, we, we can, it it can be simple. And, and it just kind of bridges me to the, this guy, Grant Singer. I'm, I'm really so, um, it's very inspiring to hear that someone who was on the top of his game in music videos, and then he transitions over to a, a, you know, a theatrical film and he gets this all-star cast. And I think you told me a $40 million budget. It's Netflix. It's his first thing. And he finds you and he wants you. And he actually goes to bat for you and follows through and gets you down there. I just think that's oh,
0: awesome, and it mind makes, you.
1: makes it me like him. Just to say, I don't, I don't even. I don't, his artistry is one thing, but his humanity is what I'm going. That guy's cool. I want to work with that guy because I just like if he's doing that for you, that's just in his DNA. And and to me, those are the kind of people I respect. Those are the kind of people I want to be around.
0: Yeah two things that you said number one he's on top of his game and he's venturing out into feature films and this is his first movie his first film and uh, to pick somebody off the internet off of a 30 second video I mean it just goes to show how powerful my videos are and if you're not watching maybe you should watch because I caught the eye of a Hollywood director So, J.C. Capone76 on Instagram. And, uh, but a 30-second video to put $40 million. And, again, they could have fired me at any time and stuff and let me go. But imagine you, in my world, if you vouch for somebody, you're putting your word, you're putting your stamp of approval on them, you're responsible for that guy. So that was the last thing I wanted to do was let this guy down because he vouched for me. He went to bat for me, like you said. And he's made me director's choice. Now, if I fail, that's a direct strike on him saying, why would you go pick this guy and all the people that are actors on the 30-second video? So if I didn't shine, I would have not only let myself down and my family down, but I would have let him and his career and his family and his credibility down. So when I got there, thanks to your help as well and saying, hey, JC, just go out and do what you do best, be you. We succeeded. And we won. And the kid is a genius. And he's number one in the world. Congratulations to that. And, uh, uh, But the best part about him is not about making number one or the movies or the stars that he works with, that he's got a heart. And a lot of people don't have heart today. They're all worried about dollars and cents and what you can do for them and how you can make that money. And not too many people want to take a chance on somebody that's disabled because they think we're incompetent or we're invalid. And for that guy to take a chance on a Parkinson's guy who goes through life like this all day long, That's a stand-up guy, and I go to bat for that kid any day of the week because not too many people. But anyway, um, great guy, great person, great family. JC, can you give me? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I hope I get to
1: meet him at some point, work with him at some point. Cause just, he's, or, you know,
0: I might know a guy that knows him pretty
1: well. <laughs> Listen, you had a, you had a story you told me about Benicio that I re- really made. Me, I love him as an actor. I think he's one of our best, but you told me a story that was, you know, I think after you and I had our conversation uh, when you got down there at one point, You said you kind of were talking to Benicio, and you said, "I don't feel like I belong here." And he was the one that pointed out to you that this is a forty million dollar movie for. Just give give me those. Give it. I want everybody to hear those words. I know them because you just told me, uh, like just before. But what he said to you when he when you said, "I'm not sure I belong here,"
0: Benicio. When when you're battling a disease and you you're not comfortable in your own skin, you doubt things, you doubt what you do, with. am I doing this right? Do I look okay on camera? Am I shaking too much? Am I messing up? Am I tripping over myself? So I was after the scene was done in the first scene when you watch the movie you'll see that Benicio and Alicia walk up to the bar and I'm standing at the corner of the bar. And I'm actually one of the first guys that greets Benicio at the bar. And so when the scene stopped and everything was done, I was standing there and I'm saying, do I really deserve to be here? Do I really deserve to be here? I'm not an actor. Meanwhile, we're all actors. We're all on this stage called life. We're only here for a short time and we're all playing a role. So yeah, you've been acting, you're an actor, I'm an actor. The person next to us is an actor because we're all playing some kind of role in life. And so I'm sitting there and I'm doubting, man, do I really deserve to be here? Again, Justin Timberlake, Benicia Del Toro. these guys have been in the business 35 years, 30 years. And here I am fresh out the box in next to this guy. And so Benicio is a great man um, with a lot of compassion and a lot of heart. And he pulled me under his wing a few times but this was one that I really truly remember. I was standing at the bar and I had a long face on. He's like, hey kid, what's up? And I says, uh, you think I really belong here, sir? And he goes, what? And I said, do you think I really belong here? I mean, you got an Academy Award. You've been in this business 35 plus years. And I'm sitting next to you. Do I deserve that honor? And he says, I don't care who you are. I don't care how much you shake. I don't care what kind of disease you got. Somebody's spending $40 million on a project. If you suck, you wouldn't be here right now. Trust me when I tell you that. Forty million, they're not gonna jeopardize it because of Parkinson's. They'll fire you and put somebody else in your place that could do a better job. So if they haven't let you go, did they? No. Have I complained about you? No. So get back out there and do what you do best. And uh, how can you how can you not give this guy praise? For taking the time. I mean, this is, like I said, this is a seasoned actor, legend. And he's taking the time out of his, his break. And it was hot. And, you know, I got to say something. They got to turn on the air conditioners in these freaking scenes. I don't care if the humming noise gets picked up on the fucking, on the thing. Because you know what happened to me? Now, everybody sees me with cut off shirts. They think I like to show off my arms. My body, you know, the thermostat in the car or the thermostat in the house, my thermostat is like broken because the disease and whatnot. So I overheat very easily. So if I wear sleeveless shirts, so that way I try to re- reduce the heat that's coming out of my body. So mind you, I'm, I'm all nervous, right? I'm at the corner of the bar. Grand singer has a, has a ta- piece of tape on the floor, and he says, Capone, when they hit this mark, I want you to say, oh, look who decided to show up lately, all right, and look who decided to show up, and it's Benicio and Alicia Silverstone, right, so now, this is, again, this is all brand new to me, so I'm like, all right, I'm looking at the tape, I'm looking at the feet, but you can't look at the tape, because you got to look like you're in the action, in the video, you know what I'm saying, like you're interacting with people, so I'm like, Talking to Mike Beasley, but I'm looking at the tape talking to Mike Beasley. So now I'm starting to sweat. And when I get hot, it all goes. <laughs> and thank God to the staff, man. This one girl would come out every two seconds. Mr. Capone, I'm just going to put an astringent on your face and just to reduce the sweat. But don't worry, you're doing fine. You're doing great. You know, God bless you. You're doing great. You're doing, hang in there. So here comes, here comes the, the, the uh, the costume designer manager. Everybody in the Hollywood's a manager or something. Set manager, uh, site manager, this manager, that manager. So she comes over. And out of all the people, she picks me. And she says, you're going to put on this tuxedo jacket. Now, it wasn't fitted or nothing. It was just like some polyester. It felt like more like a straight jacket than a suit jacket, right? So now I put on this polyester jacket. She's insisting that I'm a large. Meanwhile, I'm a 2X. So I'm squeezing into this large jacket. And I'm like, Excuse me, ma'am, but I really don't feel like wearing this jacket. And again, being that it's my first time out the box, I'm like intimidated. So I, you know, she insisted. So against my better judgment, I put on the jacket. Now there's extras standing to the left of me or to the right of me, whatever the case may be. And they're seeing me sweat. So they're like, are you all right, sir? Now I see, I see the, the the paramedic that's on staff. I see him walking by. And so I'm like, Oh shit, I'm going to pass out over here because this jacket is so tight. So now I got all these things going through my mind. I, I got the red mark. I got to talk to Mike Beasley. I got to make believe like I'm not really looking at the red mark. As soon as they come, I got to say my lines. So now I'm sweating. So they, they, They send the guy behind me. Every time the scene is over, take off the jacket, blow, like have a cold air blow dryer on me, you know, they're blowing me. And this guy's like, sit down and they help me sit down. They give me ice water. The the extras around me are like, this guy's going down. This guy's (laughs) going down, you know? And uh, so if you notice, they like blurred me a little bit in the first scene because they had to hide the sweat somehow. I'm telling you, right? So CGI to
1: do with no sweat.
0: <laughs> so, so, so I'm like, man, this really sucks. My first time out the gate and I had the lines and I had everything prepared, but now I got this straitjacket jacket on me. So I'm like, man, if the devil's not working his due, I don't know what is. So I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to pass out, but I'm going to go out in style. I'm going to make this happen. Yo, 26 takes. 26 wow. takes. Wow. Do you know how long 26 takes? Oh, man, I do. 20. I mean, yeah. And I was in a straitjacket for 26 takes. And every time the guy, Grant, would go, did a great job, guys. All right, but let's do it again. Yep. So the girl behind me would be like, all right, we're going to do it one more time. But after that time, we're going to shut it down. After 26 fucking times, bro, I sweated out about five fucking pounds. I'm not going to lie to you. And never again will I put on a straitjacket in any movie that I do. I'm just telling you that right now. I'm a 2X, not a 1X, not an X. I'm a 2X. Oh. So, So we get off the scene. But it's funny how the director and all the producers. Great job, guys. Great scene. Let's just try it one more time. And that went on 26 times. So the next time we go, the next scene, we transfer from the bar to the, uh, to the restaurant part. And again, the air conditioner is not on because that little humming sound that the air conditioner makes apparently throws off the whole fucking sound system, and there's no air conditioning in this place. So I sit down, the lady comes over, your jacket, Mr. Capone, I said, listen to me very carefully. I said, I am not putting on this straight jacket. I don't care what you're gonna do to me, but there is no way I'm gonna sweat to death and pass out in this thing. So Grant comes over and says, listen, the kid's not wearing the jacket. And so they put the jacket, if you notice in the scene, the jacket is behind my chair because this time they weren't gonna get me. I was dead set on not wearing that jacket anymore. Here's what's so um,
1: great about that story is you are everybody. It's more extreme because you are battling something more extreme, but everything you're saying, not only have I felt that way, every actor out there that's listening has felt a version of that. I don't belong here. This is a big legend. Um, i'm i am i am i worthy do they see me shaking or do they see me nervous whatever it may be may not be shaking it may not be a disease wow. but it's something and i think what you and what you represent and why you got that job you said earlier i got this job because of this disease i say no you got this job because of your response to this disease you decided to take action. You decided to make those videos on Instagram. You decided to keep going when not that many people were listening. When your friend said you're not making money, why are you doing this? When your friend said, why are you crying on Instagram? When your friend said, you know, is this a waste of time? You did that. So before we go, because as you know, I got I got a time commitment. I got to run off. You need to know and everyone out there listening actually needs to know yes you were lucky to work with a legend like benicio but benicio was lucky to work with a legend like you and i mean it i'm not bullshitting you what you have dealt with and the grace that you've dealt with it that's legendary And so you need to own that. These people aren't calling you at a charity. These people are calling you, like Benicio said, because they want you to contribute and they think you're the guy to contribute. And I want everybody listening to realize that and myself included. When they pick you, own that shit. They picked you for a reason because you've got the goods too. Sure, total respect for Benicio. Total respect for Grant Singer. But total respect... For JC, for Capone, who who got in there. And and for all of you, when you get there, take up your space, know that you got there for a reason. Maybe, Maybe it felt like a stroke of luck to you, but something you did got you that gig. So don't let your mind talk you out of it and trip you up and sabotage yourself. Own it, go for it, take the risk, get out of your comfort zone and just go fucking do it. Just step up and deliver like JC did. I want to get one more thing before we leave. In the very beginning, I said, oh, you know, God brought this thing together. And I said, oh, we're going to talk about God. I just want to talk about that. It wasn't about talking about God. It was that before we got on, someone had advised John to, you know, well, you know, you you want to say it, you want to have sound bites, you want to do this, you can you because, you know, we're going to use this to get you going. And like, you know, you'd be funny, but you want to be respectful and this and that. And I said, I gave him the same advice that I gave him, I guess, two years ago, or whenever that was, when we talked and went down, I said, I disagree. You, we get on the call. And we have a conversation and you be you. And I'll be me. And some people are going to like you and some people aren't. And some people are going to love that you say fuck. And some people are going to be offended that you say fuck. And it is what it is. Not everyone's going to love you. Like, yeah. and if you go after trying to get everybody to love you and think you're right and this and that, I think you're painting yourself into a corner. And it's like what we always say. I just had this over the weekend. Yul Vazquez, great actor. Talk about someone who's been in everything. This guy's been in everything. And he said something to the same effect. He said, you know, when you go into audition, if you do it in a way that you think they want you to do it instead of in a way that's organic to you, yes, you may get the job, but what if you have to do that show for six years? Now you're doing it and you're miserable because you were doing it in a way that, that you were juggling and jumping through hoops for these people that you thought what they wanted. And they go, yeah, that's what we wanted. But it wasn't you. So you are got the job, but you're miserable. I say, you be you, I be me, and let the chips fall where they may. And that's all it is. You know, I, Matt, I could literally hang with you and talk with you for like three I'm more hours. But more I, unfortunately, I got to go. I, I'm so appreciative of you coming. What do you want to say before we close it out?
0: The, uh, be true to who you are. Don't try to be some you're not because it'll come off being fake and phone. And if I come out here and don't mention God and I don't say the F word and I try to hide the shakes, that's not being who I am. And like you said, the number one thing about being who you are is acceptance. God created you in his image to be perfect in your, the way you are, whether that's you know, somebody's too short or somebody's too tall. No, you're perfect the way you are because that's the way you were created to be. So own it. Accept it. And don't be ashamed of who you are. Be proud of who you are. And the people that tell you they don't like it, trust me, there's going to be people like Grant Singer that will like it. There's going to be people like Netflix that do like it. Benicia del Toro. Before I let you go, I got to just do one plug for the new series that we're going into. It's called Punk Rock 101, the series. It's a raunchy comedy, probably right up my alley. And uh, there's a couple of guys, Stu Chirichella, Kevin Oros, and uh, Greg Valentine. Great guys. They give me an opportunity. And I got to work with another legend, Eric Roberts. Shout out to him. So this has been a whirlwind. Thank you all for watching. Thank you for making Reptile number one. Thank you for Channel 12 News. For doing a beautiful interview on me, thank you for Matt, thank you for the book 10,000 No's, if you haven't bought it and haven't read it, make sure you go out and get a copy, because trust me, ever since we were little kids those years, no, you can't do this, you can't do that, no, you're not good enough, I'm telling you, you are good enough, but just stay in your lane, if you're a comedian, be a comedian, if you're, A construction worker be a construction worker, but be the best that you can be at what you created to be. You know what I'm saying? And uh, that's that's about it, guys. I love you, Matt, Thank you for this opportunity. I hope this doesn't fall at the wayside and go in the garbage can like you did with those other people. Oh, they're not going.
1: No, they're you're inspiring. This one's going to come out, and then those ones are going to come out. So, Uh. JC, thank you for doing this. Um, everybody listening uh, thanks for bearing with the pause of 10,000 nose. And, and if you dug the show and you are psyched that it's back, you can thank Capone because he's the one that got me back in the saddle. And, um, and I, I don't know what the schedule is going to be with these. I'll put out minis. I'll put out interviews. I may not be as crazy as I used to be before the pause where I was doing a mini and a long form every week, but yeah. I'm going to do something. So thank you for listening to ten thousand go follow jc on instagram it's what is it jc capone,
0: capone 76 @jc76 like
1: it will you. Out. if you dig this show obviously tell people about it and i i really appreciate it and 10000 knows uh, will be will be coming back at you that's it there you go thank you for listening to 10000 knows if you dug the show tell your family and friends about it put it on social media get the word out if you're feeling generous, you want to go to Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a five-star review over there, say nice things about the show, get the visibility out there so more people hear about it, more people can be helped from this content. And if you're interested in any of my other offerings, just go to 10000 noscom or email info at 10000 com. You can find out about the 10,000 Nose Insiders community that I offer the Let's Shoot the Rehearsal weekend-intensive on-camera retreats we do in New York City every couple of months. We're starting to do one-day on-camera workshops in New York City. I private coach in person or over Zoom. we got a lot of things here for you, so just reach out. You can also reach out to me directly on Instagram. Just DM me at Maddie Dell. Let me know what you need. And in the meantime, have a great week. And if you hit a rough patch, just remember what we say here at 10,000 No's. Failure is just opportunity in disguise. We'll see you at the next one.